I mean, look, I, I'll say this though. It does smell good. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean, brand. Like, I don't even know. Like, it's such a big. It's so big in the market. Welcome back to the seventh episode of Next Stop Africa. I am your gracious host, Amy Kikoma. I am Congolese, and I'm here with my co-host Benny from Rwanda. Hello. And special guests with us today. Back is Aminata from Mali. Uh, we have Robbie from Cameroon and Luden, Mr. DR slash PR. Uh, before we start today, I usually have like a funny story, but I don't go outside anymore. So I don't have anything funny. Actually, yeah. Senegal. I don't know if you guys been watching the news lately, but there's been protests going on in Senegal. There was an opposition leader that was arrested. Uh, his name was Usmane Sonko. He's trying to become, well, he's trying to run for a presidency in the 2024 elections. But he was arrested because he was accused of raping a woman. He said that the, well, those allegations were false because the current president, uh, Maki Sal, he fabricated the whole story. So that way it would take him out you know, basically competition-wise to take him out. So the president himself, he has like a long history of like doing underhanded stuff. Um, In the 2019 elections, he uh, he got two of his opponents arrested and convicted on charges, which they ended up saying were politically motivated. So I don't think, you know, this guy Sanko being arrested, I don't think is like a far-fetched idea that it was like a political move for him. Uh, President Saul, he, um, he's trying to change the constitution so that way he could run for a third term. So basically he's trying to turn it into like a whole dictatorship out there, which is not like a surprise for, for countries in Africa and like any president that has power, they want to keep. So, but they were saying like, um, under his rule, France has benefited a lot, you know, well, economically from Senegal. So, so that's why Ousmane was trying to, you know, trying to run for presidency and trying to change the political structure of Senegal. So if you haven't heard about this, you should definitely check it out, read up on it, and um, keep up with the news. There were four people that passed away <clears throat> during the protests, excuse me. So, but hopefully, you know, God protects everybody out there and everybody stay safe and all that. But that's it. No, nothing funny for me. Does anybody have a funny joke, funny story before we jump into the topic? I mean, I, I have a dad joke, but I feel like I didn't say anything <laughs> and honestly after that. I, it sounded, nah, I yeah. made it really sad. I'm like, okay, well, now I can't say my dad joke. Now you can say your joke and then we can move on <laughs> before we hop into this topic. I, I, I want nobody that's listening thinking that Ludin is insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um. Okay, so there was two goldfish in a tank, right? One goldfish was talking to the other goldfish and said, hey, how do you drive this thing? <laughs> what? I got you. I got was, you. Was that? Was do you that, not get it? I drive a tank? They were in a tank, a fish tank. How do you drive this thing? Uh, oh! <laughs> 
it's it's a really i love that dad joke with all my heart <laughs> i always got you on the dad jokes <laughs> wow <laughs> well with that with that being said <laughs> <let's>, <laughs> now we can hop into today's uh topic um today i wanted to talk about colorism in africa well obviously you know i think everybody anybody knows like uh, in any ethnic group um the people with the darker complexion they face colorism but i kind of wanted to focus on africa and i mean we're not it's not exclusive to just just africa so if anybody has like you know different opinions and bring in like different views you more than welcome but i was reading an article from a cnn website name of the article is british nigerian actress shines a light on colorism in the Netflix documentary. The British Nigerian actress's name is uh, Beverly Naya. The documentary that she did is called Skin. And I think you only find that on um on Nigerian Netflix. So <laughs> even if you look it up, I don't think unless I think probably if you like YouTube it or something, you'll find it. Just a little background on what the documentary is is like it's an hour long documentary compiles the stories of Black women in Nigeria who have been treated differently for having dark skin. Um, they kind of speak openly about the pressures of being defined by their skin color. So the article is really, it's kind of like an interview based, right? So they're interviewing Beverly and asking her about the documentary and her own personal experiences with colorism. And they also have like some facts in there. So. Uh, Naya says she was inspired to make the documentary because she herself suffered from a low self-esteem when she was bullied for her skin color. Well, she grew up in the UK. I'm going to quote something that she said. She said, I, I had crooked teeth and I had really bad eczema. And even though I fixed my teeth and my skin cleared up over time, the damage had already been done to my mental state and how I saw myself. As I got older, I realized I just didn't feel beautiful. So one of the things I took away was uh, a lot of the women that were in that documentary, they bleached their skin because they didn't feel attractive and they didn't feel beautiful enough. And also people around them, some of them were family members that were kind of always telling them like, oh, you're too dark, you're too dark and kind of pointing that out to them. So obviously that would have like a long lasting effect on them. There was one actress who was told by, I, I, I don't know what you call them, like the people that control like the lighting or whatever. He told her like, if you don't bleach your skin and become lighter, you're not going to have any more jobs <laughs> in this industry, which which is really wild. But Naya says she used like her, her early 20s to work on like regaining her self-confidence by learning to love herself more. She also pointed out how media portrayals like dark-skinned people has like contributed to colorism. He says, and I quote, in a magazine, uh, like a charity ad, you see a poor dark-skinned child begging for donations. But in front of that same magazine, you will see a light-skinned, beautiful child portrayed as beautiful. And that, if you if you had a kid that was looking at that magazine, in that kid's head, it would register as you know, being dark skin means you're poor. You get me? And then like being light skin means, you know, you're beautiful and all that. Also in the article, they have like a couple of stats that I thought was, <laughs> was kind of crazy. 
<laughs> the global market for skin lighteners will reach $31.2 billion by 2024. That's, that's crazy. And the huge markets are in Asia, Middle East, and Africa. Bleaching products are the fourth most sought after household items by African women after soap, milk, and tea. <laughs> That's also crazy. Um, mm. According to the 2011 report by the World Health Organization, 40% of African women bleach their skin. And we're like, we're in 2021. So I'm sure that number is like, is higher now, you know? Um, but a lot of people don't know that uh, when you use these, you know, skin whitening products, they have components that reduce the protective effective of melanin, you know, in the darker skin people. They increase the risk of skin cancer. And some of the, some of those products have like mercury in it and mercury can affect other organs in your body, like the kidney. I don't know. So reading that was, I already knew that, you know, you know, bleaching your skin because of colorism, I already knew like the effect that it had, you know, cause I know personally, like when, when my mom travels back and forth, you know, to Africa and comes back, she always comes back with, with the, <laughs> with the lotions. And I, I, I don't know if you guys know the lotions I'm talking about, but they usually come in like the little orange bottles. They have like cajo on it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I definitely have that in the crib. Um, <laughs> I've also seen the <laughs> the other one that has a uh, cajotone on it, which is like the longer bottle. And I've seen I have that one in the crib too. And so it's it's definitely like a big thing in Africa and obviously like all over the world. You know, uh, a lot of people are not comfortable or happy with being dark skinned. But yeah. I would say this though, I'm lucky. To have been raised in my household because I wasn't like raised to to look at my skin as like it's inferior or like it's terrible or whatever you know I was taught to embrace my skin and there was never any like negative comments about like oh you're too dark or whatever you know so I've also I also felt like you know colorism has affected women more than men. And again, this is really my opinion. I don't, I don't think men have to worry about dealing with colorism as much. And obviously, yes, like back in the days, like slavery wise, yes, there, it was there. But I think now in the time that we are women, you know, black women suffer from this way more than, you know, black men do, you know, and I think that personally speaking, because you could have, you could have a, a dark skinned brother. You know, he would look at a dark skinned sister and be like, oh, you're too dark. You get me? Which, which makes, yeah. you know, which makes no sense. Right. Like, and it's like the craziest thing. Cause you could, even in a, in the music industry, especially you look at today, you know, a lot of times, like, uh, the women that they have, like in the music videos is always light skin. There was like a period of time in the two thousands where you look at a video and you all, all you see is like light skinned people in there, you know? And, mm. But yeah, I mean, so I had like uh, some questions that I did want to ask you guys. But uh, before we get into that, I wanted to, I guess, ask each one of y'all, like, if you've ever had dealt with colorism or like, I guess, to what extent have you faced colorism? 
<laughs> okay, Benny, you could go first. I oh, I, I was, oh, okay. Never mind. Screw Luden. <laughs> no, everybody's gonna sit there quietly. I guess. Oh Benny. no, I was trying to. Um, I, I was trying. I, you know, I was trying to get my thoughts together. Say some. I mean, personally, I wouldn't say I've faced a lot of it because I um, I don't know if it's right, but I would say I didn't face a lot of it because I'm light skinned, but I have a lot of friends who are dark skinned and obviously inside jokes um, that end up making people feel uncomfortable, unappreciated. Those are common things in Africa. And having lived in different countries in Africa, it's a, it's a repetitive pattern where dark skins most of the time are made to feel inferior. But as you mentioned, most of the time women are greatly affected, but I've seen some incidences where also men are affected by the colorism issues. So I just, maybe there should be more studies on the male side. Wait, like, but oh, at this, sorry, right. You said, you said you've seen like instances where male have faced colorism. Can, can you like, um, cause, cause I, I personally like, um, I don't know, I guess probably I'm looking at it from this era that we're in, you know, so I yeah, haven't really seen like too much. Like, I mean, if you if you can, like, tell me a time or, or tell me like an example. I mean, in in the early 2000, I'll say five, not five, about 2010-ish when I was like in high school. um there was preferences, obviously, for the light-skinned men, or um, as you said, in movie entertainment industries and all, um, people tend to go for light-skinned um, to be given the lead actor's role, you know? And also, based on the families that I've seen, most of the time they're inside jobs, about oh why is this so bad this and this and that um though most of these jokes actually are geared toward women some men have also been um facing these issues not not to the extent that women have okay yeah i see what you mean yeah yeah light skin light skin dudes was <laughs> was 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 a big thing for a minute and then you know and then dark skin dudes became a thing you know but that's but but that's what i mean like um at least dark skin dude is like it's i don't know i don't know if i'm like conveying what i'm thinking clearly because like at least they are accepted you know what i mean like i feel like dark skin women are still looked at like damn you too dark you get me like but a dark skin dude is looked at like Oh wow, I want me. You know what I'm saying? Like I want me a dark skinned brother. You know what I mean? Like like <laughs> But that is on the current um people are getting into that as a current trend. Um and right, but yeah, but so that's yeah, so that's a, yeah, so yeah. that's what I mean. Like I feel like dark skinned women are still looked at in that way and they're still treated in that way. You know, so that's what I mean. Like I feel like dark skinned dudes have a have it easier still, you know, than dark skinned women. <laughs> but I think for I'm sorry to interrupt. <clears throat> I think when it comes to dark skinned men, a lot of women 
from all other race. They always speak on that because it's like a sexual desire. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I come across other women. They say it like when I go to nail salon and I'm at the shop at one of my auntie's places. They only say it because it's for sexual satisfaction. That's the only reason mm. why. Ooh, dark skinned men is in. Ooh, I want a dark, dark guy. Of course, you know, just because he can sexually satisfy you. That's why. That's like the big thing, you know, when they want a dark skinned man. I just wanted to share that because yeah. you know, I hear a lot from a lot of women everywhere, like different race, different ethnic, all of the, all that, that's all they talk about. That's the only reason why <laughs> it's not, you know, just because yeah. we black men. Yeah, no, no, that's true. Actually, like um, before I ask you this question, I actually did see it was a disturbing video. I would say, in my opinion, it was a TikTok of um this always TikTok. A- it was this Asian girl. She said um how. She so she was making this little video. She and the caption, the first caption was how to be how to get this stoned by your Asian parents, right? And then the next one, it said something about drop out of school, get tattoos, and then the last one said, Have a kid by a dark skin. <laughs> that that that's a lot to unpack. That's definitely a, a different episode. But yeah, that's to the point that Ami was talking about about the sexual desires. But yeah, Ami. Um, have you ever dealt with like colorism? I've dealt with colorism for a long time because I was working. I started working in the United States like as a teenager, so I've always experienced colorism. I always received the dark skin slurs, or you know, me being a, a dark skinned woman. Yeah, so I've experienced that a lot in almost anywhere I go, and sometimes, like especially for places that I work at. You know, they would treat me a certain way because I am a black woman. And then when I come, when I come across other black women who are, are lighter complexion as me, they don't experience any of that, any microaggression or disrespect or, or any hostility in the workplace. It's nothing like that. But I think colorism is really, really, it's alive and it's still going on all around the world. And it's still there, especially like in the black community. We like to, you know, consider ourselves different because we, don't have, you know, one group of us have less melanin than the other. I mean, I feel like we all come from the same place. Why do we have to continue to create this divide and always say, oh, they're better because of what they look like? But I've experienced that my whole life. And I'm not, you know, especially living in America is nothing new. But I would say, yeah, I've experienced it in many, many different like factors of, you know, anywhere I've been. So, so I don't want to like, um, I don't know if you're comfortable Mm-hmm. Like, um, can you share, like, I guess an experience? Like, I don't know if that's like, like triggering or traumatizing. Like, if it is, we could just, we could just move on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, it's been so many times. I think, uh, after that's, I just, I, I feel like, because like I talked to my siblings and my father about it. Mm-hmm. My dad is really, really, he's against that. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I thank God for him, honestly. I thank God for a, for a strong parent like that. I mean, it's like, uh, I think uh, what someone said it in the beginning of the call, like it, it is like a mental thing. So if they can mentally destroy and break you, then that's how you know that you don't like yourself because society tells you that you are unattractive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's called, I mean, I remember when I first got, uh, I had like a, my interview and my first full-time job at, by, after I graduated and for some reason, they thought I was Japanese because of my last name. And then as soon as I walked in, yeah, <laughs> my last name, Danioko. Oh, we thought that was <laughs> unbelievable. 
as soon as I walked in, it was, the whole I can just feel. Oh like, my god! <laughs> Wait, what? I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I'm like, Danielko, you, you, how can you assume that it's like Asian? I don't even know where that came from. But the, the, the literally the the guy told me to my face, that, like every, everyone's facial expression was like in shock. And they're like, oh, we thought it was a Japanese person, Aminata like, Danielko, like the Yoko, I guess. I don't know. I was like, oh, my name is Aminata, and I'm here for the interview. So it just got, it was just total silence. Wow. Like you could tell they didn't want to talk to me. It just wasn't going both ways in the interview. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, yeah, it's not going to work and stuff like that. <laughs> it was, I just said, yeah, if, I, if I'm asking them questions, they, they just not in the mood. And then there was one lady who was just, she was aggressive and just, you know, very hostile. She was raising her voice. She was turning red when she was asking me questions. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, I just, I was calm. I was like, maybe it's a test. I don't know. And then I was shocked because it took them like one month to give me the offer. Wow. And then I was really hesitant. But, you know, I was like, I graduated and I was like, okay, I, that money might be good. I just did. I said, let me just do it for the experience. And right. then once I got in, it was hell. Mm-hmm. Not like the same woman who was crazy with me. She, you know, she made a comment and she was like, you know, I don't understand, you know, why, like, like I'm here. And then she, she says something about me being like, you know, a black woman I don't know. I just really can't remember. It happened like like four years ago, I think. But she made yeah, a comment about my complexion, and I was like, "Excuse me." And then at once, once I caught her, you know, she, she began to like apologize and said she was sorry. I mean, I reported her to the human resources. They didn't do anything. Then and then when that happened, I just walked away because I feel like you mm-hmm. know they know what they're doing. They're treating me a certain way because of what I look like. So there's no need for me to stick around and try to you know work at a company where I obviously I'm not valued, I'm not appreciated and there's no respect there. So I was done with that. I mean, I got a lot of things because of my name. And then once they see me as a black girl, that's it. The whole mood starts to change. I mean, I've also been called like a black bitch many times, like when I worked, like when I had to deal with the public for customer service. So just hearing that, yeah, like this black bitch or the the dark skinned bitch, it's always always like dark or something about what I look like and then bitch at the end. So I was just like, you know, I don't, I love myself. So I don't, whatever you have, whatever you have to say about me, it never hurt me. Cause I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a black bitch. People talk so bad about, you know, black people in America, but you know, at the end, they always want to, you know, adapt to our cultures. They want to, they love our music. They love everything we do. But, you know, but in reality, mm-hmm. deep down, they hate us. So I, I don't understand mm-hmm. that, but yeah. There's been so many, like the list goes on and on, but I don't want to, yeah. you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm very confused on how to feel between him slapping the people that said that stuff and laughing at them. It's a little bit of a mix of both right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, all right. So before we hit Luden, I know, um, I know Luden. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of questions for you, Robbie. Um, as a dark skinned brother, dark skinned African brother. Have you have you ever experienced colorism, or I guess to what extent have you experienced colorism? So back home, and this is what makes me think that maybe the experience also depends all on the the local culture and where exactly you at in Africa. But back home, we 
at least in my time, uh, we didn't have this whole, oh, I want, I, I'm going to get me a, a dark skinned brother. It was always a light skinned dude who, you know, who was seen as attractive. And, you know, when you shoot a music video, they want the light skinned guy or the light skinned woman. So you'd see a lot of things like, uh, in high school, you'd see kids calling other kids, uh, the blackboard cousin. That's actually a nickname that I unfortunately carried because when I was younger, I was a lot darker than I am today. So they called me the blackboard cousins. I was also called, uh, Kunta Kinte on account of my, of the amount of melanin that I have. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. So, and for, uh, the brothers that don't know what that means, can you mind helping us out? Oh, Kunta Kinte, uh, you need to go. I mean, it, uh, it was a, it was a slave that, well, he was brought as a slave in the U.S. And, uh, there's this scene that always goes around, like, uh, what's your name? You know, the white man trying to change his name from Kunta Kinte to, uh, to Toby, I believe the name was. And, uh, he was always saying, like, no, my name is not Toby, it's Kunta Kinte. And it just so happened to be very dark. I was also called Shaka Zulu. If you don't know Shaka Zulu, it's oh a, God. yeah. <laughs> Shaka Zulu is, uh, it was a, it was a show, uh, I think South African show. I can't remember, but that brother was dark. Uh, yeah. Some people also said that was as dark as, as a Senegalese, uh, because apparently Senegalese have the mm. reputation of being dark as heck too no i thought those were sudanese people sudan is usually yeah both sudanese and senegalese have like strong melanin obviously Mm -hmm. there are some who don't but majority of them have strong melanin Mm -hmm. yeah so that's what i directly experienced uh but you also get to see that in the in the woman you know like um when uh, a woman was, you know, clear skin, uh, clear skin, uh, people would refer to her as, I don't know, pure, I guess, pure and not in the sense of, um, you know, that she's free of defect or whatever, but pure in the sense that this is local slang, uh, pure in the sense that she's, you know, what we would call here bad, you know, like she's bad. Um, anyway, so they were saying the clear skin women are a lot, you know, better looking and that made that made so you see this um stripping i believe that's what's called stripping like a melon stripping movement in africa where people basically used all those products to turn their skin a little lighter you know that's what i personally seen and experienced wait and that's that was all in cameroon (laughs) bruh yeah wow you know, it's it's one of the things that a little younger it kind of made me feel like, yeah. You know, maybe I should have been born, you know, somewhere else, and mm. I should looked another way. But uh, fortunately for me, I well, fortunate, unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, um, I grew up not being not being very social mm. due to things like that. So I wouldn't hang out with kids my age. I wouldn't participate with you know, whatever the the other kids were doing. And eventually I, I mean, I learned how to live by myself, do by myself, for myself, 
mm. real quick and that kind of thing stopped, you know, getting at me. And fortunately today I see myself I'm like, God damn, I wish I was a little darker or just as dark <laughs> as when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, as you should, bro. Yes, sir. But, but yeah, wow. there was definitely a trauma there. There was definitely mm. a trauma, which probably contributed to my personality today. Mm. Oh, yeah, no, no, we'll, we'll get a little bit into that. I just want to get a feel of like the room. But, um, Luden, uh, colorism. Yes, sir. Um, Luden, yes. <laughs> Luden's a Dominican, <laughs> Puerto Rican. Yes. So, yeah, Mixing, yeah. If you will. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I know, um, I know Dominicans, you know, and I know mm-hmm. some, I know some Puerto Ricans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel so like I, you already know the answer to your yeah, question. Yeah, I do. I do know the answer <laughs> to my question about colorism in that community. But but I guess like uh firsthand, I guess that's better than me just, you know, going off of what I've <laughs> what I've seen. Okay. Have you have you dealt with it? Like have you experienced it? In some cases, I don't think so. Okay. Well, and right, I just me, say yeah. it, but like, I, I'll just say that because I'm also kind of like, kind of a little bit an airhead. Things kind of go above my head. Mm. So I probably wouldn't even notice if it probably happened. Mm. So I'm a little bit of an airhead like that. But I will say that colorism wasn't a thing, at least in my world and probably the world of some of my other Latino and Hispanic friends and Latinas until probably maybe high school or maybe like, a little bit before college. And when I mean that, I'm talking about like full awareness of the intentions, the militia behind it and everything. Because at a young age, some things that we were, and I'll put this in, in quotation marks, taught was that you don't, you don't want to act like a moreno or a tigre in those kind of cases. So like a lot of times it will kind of like say like, oh, you don't want to act like them kind of situation like it wouldn't just be like you know anybody just from the black community it would just probably probably be anybody that would act kind of like hoodlumish is what they'll kind of say from from any different type of background but you know the darker the skin color kind of the more you heard it about it and that that was that was the one thing that you would you would hear as as a hispanic kid hearing that you that you shouldn't act like that or like how there's certain parents that are not okay with you hanging out with black kids because they feel uncomfortable having their kid hang out with a black kid which is something that at least my my mom was not like that so my mom was like very open like I brought all my different friends and she was like hey how are you doing she's part of the like part of the one of the most open-minded Dominican woman I have ever seen on that. Now, on the other side of the spectrum, I will not say names for this, just in case any of the people that know, uh, not to put them on the spot or anything like that. But there is this individual that expressed their opinion on how this one uh, friend girl that I had was dating a a black guy who's a black uh, Afro-Latino and saying certain names calling the boyfriend um you know a monkey and all these different things because because the the guy's black and he was saying all these different things and like he'll say a lot a lot of jokes like that 
And we were just like, no, that's not okay. Why are you saying that? But the person is ignorant. So to this day, we, we look back on it and it's just like, it, it's a mind boggle. Um, the other side of the coin for colorism is, um, it's white passing. Um, and I don't know, Amy, if you want me to get into that. Ooh, ooh, um, ooh. <laughs> Let's save that. <laughs> Let's save that. <laughs> oh, there's yeah, so yeah. much on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, let's save. Let's save that guy. Let's save that guy for a little bit later. But okay. But yeah, um, Luda made a good point. I do know a lot of uh, Dominicans, you know, who I would say they they try to distance themselves from. I guess being seen as black, you know, and somebody could be, some of them are, are darker than me, you know? And if you, if you know me, I'm not, I'm not like super dark, you know what I mean? But some of them are darker than me, but they would make sure they make that distinction that they're not, <laughs> that they're not black, you know, which is, which is sad. You know, I think the power that be have done a hell of a job, you know, and, in, in I guess constructing this world to look at, anybody with a darker complexion as as lesser than anybody else, you know, and try to make them feel lesser than anybody else, you know? And I don't know, it's sad. And, but I guess for those that have dealt with colorism or, well, for everybody, like, um, what effects do you think like colorism has had on you? So I think I'll start with like Ami and, and Robbie, since y'all, since y'all dealt with it like firsthand, how, how did that affect you guys? I guess like mentally or emotionally, like long-term wise, like if you're looking at it from where you are right now today. I would say that, you know, what Robbie mentioned earlier, that it is like traumatizing. Like you really, you spend time to think about, and you know, because for me, I really spent a lot of time like looking at myself and, you know, calling myself ugly or why was I born this way? Why no one likes me because of what I look like? So it it, it really does affect you a lot, especially when you're young too, because, you know, I've experienced that, like getting bullied, but then I got used to it. And there's a lot, like I didn't mention what, what, you know, Robbie covered already about just being closed off and not really having a lot of friends because you don't know, they can just betray you. You try to hurt you. And that's, it. you know, it's, it's a very sensitive side, you know, but I would say for me, as I got older, I started to see how society was portraying, you know, darker skin people and I don't know I think I just I just I started talking to like you know my grandparents before they passed I speak to my dad a lot and my siblings and my father like what I would just say you need to love who you are you know God doesn't make mistakes when he brings you into this world so you just have to you know who cares if somebody doesn't like you I mean what is that gonna cost you I mean what are they even doing for you so I think um it was traumatizing at first, but then I just, I just really started to like isolate myself. I was, I was reading a lot of books. I was just, you know, focusing on my own life and just, you know, not really getting involved with the people that really, you know, would point it out that I was so dark skinned. I was so, I was so black or those type of stuff. So I would say I isolated myself a lot and I started to just be on my own. But then doing all of that, I was also like, teaching myself that, you know, I am beautiful. I mean, this is who I am. Because at one point I was really considering, you know, <laughs> doing the bleaching stuff. I'm just being honest. I was really considering that. I'm like, you know, 
like <laughs> and I think uh Bethanita, she mentioned that she's like in Africa, like especially like in Mali, like it disappoints me, it, it angers me. Like, how could you do that? Like at one time I was thinking maybe if I do that, uh, you know, nobody mm. will make fun of me. Mm. I'm like, this is no, I'm like, no way. I mean, you're destroying yourself, you're destroying your skin. And I was like, nah. Because I would look at it and I'll be like, you know, but nah. I look, I was really tempted to do it, but I say, you know what? No way. I feel like if I do that, you know, I'm going to be a hypocrite. And then mm-hmm. you know, my dad would just not even love me because he's going to be like, you You was born this way and you want to change yourself because people don't mm-hmm. like you. Who cares? Mm-hmm. So I would say, yeah, I I did come across that. Like maybe I should change, but then I was like, hell no, this is a, you know, I'm glad. I thank God I was born like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. that was my journey on that. No, I mean, that's that's good. I feel like it takes a long time, a little bit, to get to a place where, like, self-love is, like, the first is like the first thing in your life. I think a lot of people think that they love themselves, you know, and they, they might try to mask it in different things, you know, and then they end up seeking validation from other people, you know, because they're, they're afraid of dealing with themselves. At the end of the day, you know, but I mean, I'm, I'm happy that you did not <laughs> try the cajo. <laughs> <'Cause>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I, I'll say this though. It does smell good. <laughs> like, <I'm, laughs> no, I mean, like, I don't even know. Like, it's such a big, it's so big in the market now. No, it is. It is. No, it's very big. I mean, it doesn't, uh, come on. It smells good. It's terrible for you, but it does smell good. You know oh, my mean? God, Amy. But, <laughs> Amy. <laughs> but it's Let's the just truth. Say that is something they, they, they use as a catch. You know? But no, it is. Don't, it don't is. get tempted. <laughs> it is. That, that was good. But yeah, Robbie, um, how about you? I know I know you talked a little bit about it, though. Um, yeah. So, I mean, just like it, Amy said, um, it's traumatizing. Uh, fortunately and thankfully for her, um, she had someone uh, to open. Uh, I mean, someone who projected themselves as someone you can be open to, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. someone who's going to tell her that, hey, you're beautiful the way you are and, and such. Um, me, unfortunately, I didn't have that. And this this goes way, way back. We, shit, we, we're talking like, we're talking like, five years old type of stuff so unfortunately for me i had to um learn how to desensitize myself to a lot of things when i was uh extremely young um i didn't play with the other kids and you can see it today that uh because i didn't have those social in- interactions when i was a kid um i lack a lot of um let's call it soft skills um that a lot of people with my background have like one of the example uh and you will recognize this is you ever been to a dance floor with me like i ain't i ain't getting my ass up to dance you know <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy it's a fact like it's a fact it is known amy you know it um i don't go to parties i don't do that i do me you know um, um, you went to one but I went to one and this, I was hella bored. Yeah, I, mean, not, I was not going to expose you. Let's go. I mean, no, it's cool, bro. <laughs> it's cool. I'm an, uh, today I am a, an open book. Um, mm-hmm. 
But essentially, I didn't have those interactions. I didn't learn that. I don't know how to play soccer. Soccer is a very big thing where I am from. Yeah, me too. I don't know how to kick a ball. I don't do sports. Uh, I did basketball for a while and I sucked, <laughs> you know. But And it's funny because all of that stemmed from the one fact that the people around you, the people your age, did not accept you. So when they were, say, out there in the field playing games or do whatever, uh, I was by myself uh, reading a book, like... I taught myself the basic of Eng- the for example, I taught myself the basics of English when I was probably eleven. I could already read in English. I couldn't speak it, but I could read in it. I did things that kids my age didn't do. You know, I I thought they were idiots, and that was my way to cope. Mm. You know, like that was my way to say, okay, y'all don't want to hang out with me. Well, screw you then. I'm going to do me, right? And mm. I did that my whole life. Um, to a certain ex- extent, I'm still doing it. And unfortunately, we're in Africa and the parents cannot necessarily recognize that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I ended up growing up with it and it became part of my personality. I'm very individualistic and it's it shows. Mm. It was not a very good thing. It was traumatizing. Um, I don't go out with people because, I mean, to some level, I guess I still kind of see how they look at me and I don't like it. So I'm much rather they didn't look, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's very funny because I was told that I project confidence, which don't make sense to me. But uh <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those things that like, if you see a kid, it's, it's, it's definitely not something a kid should go through. You know, that's how it has affected me personally. It sucks. But thankfully, uh, again, because I learned how to, you know, be good myself, like myself and say basically it's screw everyone else. Um, today I'm the guy I am, you know, I, I see myself and I'm like, how oh, damn, you know, and that's because as I grew up and as I opened my eyes, I realized that, you know, well, black is beautiful and I'm black. I just so happen to be black and I like it. I just want to point out, I am loving this self-love that is being said right now. <laughs> yeah. I am enjoying that. and yeah, going right. for it. Yeah, enjoy because I ain't never saying that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to keep saying it. You got yeah, to keep think, saying it. Yeah, yeah, bro. That's <laughs> that's the most important thing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. 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 Like, like self-affirmation. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Self-affirmation. Showing yeah, yourself first, Yeah, that's the first thing. But mm-hmm. but damn, bro. That yeah. hit me. That's that's sad, bro. Like, Yeah, well. You felt, you felt lonely. Nah, it's good. It's good you met me, bro. Now you're yeah. not alone. No wow. Like, what? Wow. This man always makes it about him. It's about the yeah, AD show. Come on. Y'all don't even get what I mean. I'm nah, not I got like, you, though. Yeah, bro. I didn't mean. <laughs> hey, if it wasn't for Amy, and I'm telling this too, uh, if it wasn't for Amy, I probably wouldn't know any, any of you, all right? Like, this man dragged. Yeah, uh, except Benita. Except Benita. <laughs> Although it's slippery there, but this man dragged me. We were uh, in the hockey field uh, where we hold events at Clarkson, and this man literally dragged me to come and sign up for this group. I was like, <laughs> is this dude for real? He just approached me and he goes, you African, right? 
<laughs> nah, he, he looks African. So come on, you can't even miss that. Bro. <laughs> I forgot, right? Like, okay, you know, he, yeah. So, nah, real quick, this is side though. Robbie, were you wearing those African slippers? Yeah, I know the ones I'm talking about. No, I, uncles yeah. Be yeah, I know the ones you're talking about, but no, I wasn't wearing them. But I wore them at school a lot. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I know exactly them. when he wore them. Yeah. Last day. Oh, of yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and you know I didn't give a flying F. Bro. <laughs> well, what did they say? Versace? Not no, they, the, um, God, it was a, uh, like, oh, Prada, 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 Prada. <laughs> So, but it was supposed Prada, to say it was Prada. Prada. It was, yeah, yeah, but. It did not it say a, Prada. No, it did not. But <laughs> it did not. I didn't care. Oh, yeah. I had the uncle shoes. <laughs> Yeah, those, yeah. Bro, I know you recorded it because I know you whipped out your phone. Oh, oh he, he did. Like, hold on, no, 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 but that's funny. But yeah, you know, back, yeah. back, to, <laughs> back to the topic. Yeah, yeah, oh, back yeah. to the topic. But you see yeah. the yeah. all, Facts, all yeah. the all the trauma that I went through as a kid, and um, you know, the self love later on gave me the confidence to support my African attires to. Into a place where everybody else is wearing Westerner clothes, and everyone is looking at, what is that? You know, like mm-hmm. like you said, like what are those? You know, like I wore it, I didn't care, I felt good, and I I wore it at least twice a week. You know, so it was a it's a good thing that came out of the bad. I don't know. Oh, I don't know if you want to say something, Benny, because I I do have. Yeah. No, I just want us to kind of further elaborate how this has been a great issue, especially in the African community. Because as Aminata just said, at some point she thought about, oh, should I bleach? But thankfully she didn't do that. Unfortunately, some people don't have even that opportunity to have a choice of doing it and not doing it. Not doing it. Because some parents have being affected with this theory. So they end up even deciding for their children before they are born. Mm. Um, there is a study that showed that many pregnant women in Ghana were taking skin bleaching, glutathione pills to lighten their unborn child. What? Yeah. And despite them knowing that side effects, the damages that it caused um, to their children, they still do it because they claim clearing the path for their children so that when they are born, they don't have to face the issue of having that skin. So I just wanted to hear your input on now that, that. that. Yeah, no, that's, I don't know. That's, that's crazy. Because like, because you don't know what is in the pill. You know what I mean? Like, you can easily just kill your kid like that, you know? I don't know. I don't know. The, the, this whole propaganda is like, I feel like has made people to be easily manipulated. You know what I mean? Like, cause, that's just like, oh, I'm sorry. No, nah, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Nah, I was going to say, and that's just taking the, you know, the necessary means of doing that. Now, when you introduce like genetic um, manipulation, which is something that is actually being done and actually being constructed mm-hmm. just imagine when that happens that you can change the color of the eyes of your baby or you can change 
the color of the hair or the type of hair they have. Like mm-hmm. it, it'll probably even come down even to 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 that when you include genetic uh, manipulation in terms of like, hey, yo, I want my baby to come out light skin or white. Like yeah. you know, that's just that'll be a whole different. I probably would, would be even worse. Yeah, yeah gene editing is definitely gonna worsen this if we don't really have a solution to. Yeah, the sad thing is basically already happening. You have a lot of people who are exper- experimenting with CRISPR. And yeah, they, uh, they're mm-hmm. ignoring the dangers of it. But yeah, it's it's crazy the lengths that people go um go to to either be of a lighter skin tone or turn the the, the kids in the light skin tone. And a lot of videos circulated at the beginning of the year. It was the beginning of the year, the towards the end of last year. Um, I saw this one where essentially this lady bathed herself into this liquid and peeled off what? her skin. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Where was peeled, this? I don't remember. On social, it was on social media. It was a really disturbing video to me. Yeah. So she she literally peeled off the black of her skin. And sad thing is they're doing it to kids, too. Yeah. You have ads like your kid is gonna look great. Like mm. it, it's it's crazy, man. Like it, it's sad. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, all the all this stems all the way since like slavery. You know what I mean? When they had all those all those soaps where they would wash like the the, the black skin off of a person. Mm-hmm. You know all that all that stuff, and that has been ingrained for so long. Because like like Ami mentioned before, like the whole sexual desire thing, like. There was this phase where, you know, dark skinned dudes was like, I, I want a light skinned girl so I can have my baby to look like this. You know, that, yeah. I think that's, that's very weird for you to, yeah, makes no to, sense. yeah it, <laughs> I don't know. To me, that's like borderline pedophilia. You know what I mean? Like when you, when you're like so concerned with how your child should oh. look. Yeah. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. That's, that's weird to me. I per- Not only that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I personally know, uh, Cameroonian woman um, who moved to the States and the first thing that she did, she wanted to have a kid with a black guy, uh, with a white man because she wanted her kid to come out not as dark as us. And she did it. (laughs) Am I surprised? I'm sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. sorry. I keep interrupting people. (laughs) You can go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just wanted to add on what um, Robbie was saying. I mean, there's... Like when they, when all these like men or women want to like, um, when they're for interracial, like procreating with like other like race so their children won't be as dark. I mean, that's still not going to stop discrimination and racism. Even even if you have black in you, you're still going to face that discrimination. And then that child still has to go to their black side because obviously the black side will be more accepting to them. So I don't understand why that is such a big thing. Oh. If I'm with a white woman or a black, a white, a white man, then I'm gonna, my kid is gonna be okay. No, <laughs> like I think it, it would. It's, I'm telling you. I mean, I even sit like with uh, people who are biracial, and if they look, you know, even looking at them, you know they're mixed, and they always have mm-hmm. to go to their black side because they know, hey, white people, they they're still gonna get it. Oh, you, you're like half, half and half, right? Black mm-hmm. is black. If you have black in you, you're still going to face the oppression in this country, no matter what. Yeah. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yes. 
And there's also lack of knowledge, especially like understanding um, human genome that nothing guarantees you being with a light skin, you're going to have a light skin pattern. That is not guaranteed. You still have the melanin in you, so there's that possibility, there's that probability of you having a dark skin. And that should not even be the reason why people are doing that. It's just the lack of knowledge in the Black community and self-hate that keeps on circulating from one generation to the next. But so like, go ahead. No, no, wait. Luden, Luden's been trying to like <laughs> get a point across. No, no, you're good. You're good. I, I, I probably deserve that a little bit. I've been interrupting people, so my fault, y'all. Quick three things. There was a study that they did where, and I can't remember, it was a little while back when I when I saw the video, but they basically, they took all kids, um, mostly girls, and they they had a bunch of like those dolls. You have your white doll and then you have your mm-hmm. black doll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they saw, they set every single one of them down and, every, and they were asking the same question over and over. Which one do you think is prettier? And they would always point to, to the wow. white girl doll or the lighter mm-hmm. one. And they're like, what's, mm-hmm. what's wrong with the darker one? And they would literally say, and it'll and it'll come from the black girl, from the black little girls, which is it's so hurtful. And they're like, well, mm-hmm. that one doesn't look pretty. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. you just watch it and you're just like, but the sweetheart, you have a beautiful black skin on you. Yeah. Like you should embrace that. And it starts from a young age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing though. Today, uh, when you look around, you have more movements that are like black is beautiful. You see more and more people embracing their blackness, at least on this side of the pond. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have conversations like this and you have more black African-American who love themselves for the way they look and everything. But then you go back to Africa and they don't. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Oh, no, I have no oh. idea. I was hoping you could tell us. Uh, me? Go ahead of me. Uh, I mean, I have a question, Ravi. So you saying like in Africa, like, um, like they don't want to show like the love they have for each other. No, I'm saying here, right? You get it more and more, especially after you know movies like Black Panther came out. More and more, you see people in America, um, in our community, are more accepting towards themselves now, and less and less you will see someone on this side of the pond try to bleach themselves but you move to africa and you see it all over central africa mm-hmm. why do you think mm-hmm. that is like i feel like because i think africans are have been brainwashed for so long right because like even the people that don't bleach themselves right like I'll, I'll give an example like my parents they they have this thing where they would compare you to uh, a white person, you know, as because that's seen as like, that's what's good. That's, that's the standard for good. You know what I mean? Like as a kid, I didn't wet the bed, you know what I mean? And my, my uncle used to be like, Oh, you're like a white person. You give me that's Cause that's the standard. So I feel like the, the, the brainwash that has been done for so long. Right. So now it's like, you feel as if like, okay, maybe if I, if I lighten my skin color, you know what I mean? Like I could be able to, to be like that, you know? And also because like, uh, the entertainment, like we were talking about again, like 
repetitiveness. Like if you just seen the same, the same things, like if you've seen just lighter skin people in, in the show business, if you've seen the lighter skin people in magazines and you've seen them like all in all these like successful stuff, you're going to think to yourself, all right, maybe if I become a little bit lighter, you know, I'll be able to get that opportunity. I'll be able to, to go here and do this and do that. You know, I don't know. That's, that's why I think like people are still like bleaching themselves. I think it's an identity issue, you know, cause even, even the same thing in Jamaica, yeah, same thing in uh, the Middle East, same thing in India, you know, I think it's the, it's that, it's that identity issue where like the, the, the whole hierarchy thing where darker skinned people in those, in those areas is still at the bottom of the, you the know, ladder. the total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. And so. another thing that I would say, um, the movement of supporting dark skin in America is played quicker, especially because of the social media and easy access to knowledge. Um, majority of Black people, especially in a poor community in Africa, they still have, they still lack the true knowledge of the side effects of this cream, right? Yeah. As compared to America, where there's a lot of easy access uh, to information, those people don't have it. And since here also, majority of things are regulated by FDA, and in certain countries in Africa, they haven't been regulated by the government. So people still think they are okay to use them, they're easily accessible, especially majority of those screens are coming from Asia and they're coming cheap and people are like, oh, why can't I use this? And, you know, so it's gonna take, it takes much more time for the information to get to the people. And since it's larger community as compared to America, Obviously, this is going to take another longer time in order to reach to everyone and to accept this importation of this bleaching materials from being brought in in African countries. On that note, and especially to what Amy said, it's like if you if you push somebody to believe that they are less than and Mm -hmm. that they have of no value then it's easy for you and easy for them to change the way and how they are mm-hmm. as opposed to over here where that philosophy isn't really looked on, I guess more so where, you know, there's more of quote unquote freedom to kind of, you know, be who you are as opposed to there where there's all this kind of history that happened you know, that trickles over time, that it just it comes out to be the, so, the the social norm where it's just like, oh, everyone's doing it as opposed to over here where it's just like, people are like, nah, I love my black skin. Like, you know? I think, no, go ahead. Oh, there you go. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I'm, no, no, I'm, sorry. I like what he said. Um, uh, Dominguez, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're good. <laughs> you're good, you're good. I tell people all the time that if you ever forget my name, just think of the looting cough drops. Bam. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Thank you. Bam. See, it yeah. I tell people this. It 
Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I think everything he said is so powerful and it was spot on, honestly. If you give people the advantage, um, if they know they have an advantage on you, that's it. I mean, that is it. I'm, mm. The line is so powerful. If they can break you, they will do it. I mean, ugh, it's in the human race and it's bad, but everything Luden mentioned is so powerful. I just wanted to say that. Yeah. I mean, my point, and this is me tying this episode and this topic up to one episode that we had before is the uh, neocolonialism. Um, mm. When you look at the material that we consume here, right? When you look at the, yeah. what we, the, the entertainment that we consume in the black community, we mostly consume black, right? Yeah. Uh, and especially in the recent years where a lot more black content is put on blast and a lot more people see it and a lot more people learn to accept themselves and love themselves like that. Now you step back in Africa, right? Uh, Central Africa, let's take what I know, Cameroon. Um, what type of entertainment do you think they they consume? They mo- does anyone know what a tele uh, telenovelas is? Mm-hmm. So telenovelas, yeah. for those mm-hmm. who do yeah. not know, is essentially um, Latino, um, l- Latino or Hispanic um, televisions like uh, yes, it is telenovela. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like uh, you know the sitcoms, the shows, and all that. You know, it's mostly love stories and. Um, they are diffused uh, a lot in Africa, and that's what people watch every day after work at eight PM. Mm-hmm. You know, really they watch those programs, really. Yeah, I, I grew up on those. Yeah, so you, you oh see, no, I so you see the that. you see the love stories there. Uh, you see the the rich guys, typically the the lighter skins uh is what they see on tv that's what yeah. uh, that's yeah. what the the people watch you know 24 the the show that's what people watch back home they mm-hmm. consume mm-hmm. we consume black here they consume white there so mm-hmm. they are trying to look like what they see to become what they see because they see that and that is good mm-hmm. you know so they try to become that that's one of the reasons why it's so hard for, you know, Africans to stop bleaching because they don't have, they don't consume or, um, mm-hmm. the, uh, the promotion of black content is not at the same extent as here. Mm-hmm. And it's not like that because that's kind of what the powers that be, uh, want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. one of the things that contribute to where things go not to say that i mean everything that you guys said is absolutely yeah yeah it's yeah. it's mm-hmm. there but one of the big reasons also what we consume yeah. wow i d- no, i'm not gonna lie i did not know that novellas was like a big thing because i don't yeah. know we used to watch our own like like congo has like their own like you know dra- dramatized shows and movies so mm-hmm. i i didn't i definitely did not know that I, I didn't know that either. I, I think that, like, that that's real interesting, especially. Yes. Oh, sorry. Oh. Sorry. Oh no, you can go ahead. I, I'm just. So I'm just saying. Here's the thing, Amy. The the shows that you're talking about, mm-hmm. and again, this is what we what I know. Central Africa, the French, the French speaking uh, countries. Mm-hmm. Most of those shows are 
aired on TV5, which is a French network. Mm. And they air around 3 p.m. 3 p.m. that people are at work. They they air around like 10 a.m. People are at work. People are doing other things, right? Mm. Now, these telenovelas or these um, shows, uh, these American shows or, you know, Western shows, they air at night, 8 p.m. until morning. Right. That's mm-hmm. what people consume when they get back from work at that. Mm-hmm. The busiest, the busiest times, uh, as far as TV goes is after work around 8 p.m. after dinner when people mm-hmm. are sitting in the living room and watching TV as a family. So they end up consuming more foreign than domestic. Yeah. And that's so true because, um, especially if People who grew up in Africa, they understand DSTV and Star Time channels that are the ones that used to show like Telemundo TV channels. Also, another thing that is big in cinema section is Asian movies, especially Indian movies. They are also big in Africa. And also, as we said, they aired around that time, 7 to 8, 10 p.m., where majority of people are watching TV. A majority of those movies, obviously the light skins are the ones being given the big roles. And then if there's any dark skin, they're going to be made as made, being made funny or being bullied and something like that. Uh-huh. Exactly, exactly. And as as far as I remember when I was still in Africa, majority of American movies that used to come on TV they are mostly white people. And if they show any movie that is made by black people, it was only hood movies where they're like peas or something like that. It, there wasn't anything really being shown where a dark skin is portrayed as beautiful or as a superstar or something like that. So mentally that affected um, African uh, cinema itself because when Especially like Nollywood, before Nollywood, I used to watch a lot of uh, Tanzanian um shows. The biggest, like lead actors, most of the time they try to make them lighter skin. Though obviously there were a few people who were dark skin that got casted. Yep. Mm. I mean that's that is that is true because like um Jean Claude Van Damme was like a big, he was a big superstar. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. with Chuck Norris, yeah, 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 yeah. Years. That is true. Wow, I did not even. Wow, I don't know how they make that connection. But oh, yeah, so like <laughs> neocolonialism is also a reason. Yeah, but so how how do you guys think this can be solved? Like, obviously, it's not like an overnight thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what steps can we take to solve this, right? Okay. And do you start this as in the house or do you i guess look at the the schooling as something to to i guess spark this off for you cuz right, so I, I i'll i'll say my my thoughts and then everybody else can can say their their piece when I think, says it like that you know something's about to happen <laughs> no no i think it's your job as a parent to reassure your child as much as you can, you know, about how they look and all of that. 
because they're going to be on social media a lot. You know, social media is a big thing now and it's only going to get bigger from here. And there's a lot of negative propaganda on social media, you know? So I think as a parent, you know, if, if you have a, a dark skinned girl or boy, you know, I think it's important to make sure you letting them know, like, you got to love, love yourself, you know, affirmations. I think that's very, very important from a young age, teaching them self-love and instilling confidence in themselves. You know, I'm surrounded by, by four beautiful black women in my life. So that's why I take this thing, this conversation very, very seriously. Cause you know, I have a beautiful mother. I have two beautiful sisters and, you know, and God blessed me with a beautiful niece. So I think now, now with that is very much my job to make sure that my niece has this confidence in herself, you know, that no human being is going to take away. You feel me? Like, and I'll make sure of that. But yeah, I think, um, I think that's the first step. I think that's very, very important. You know, I think girls, especially at a young age, you know, I think I'll say probably from probably mid twenties to down. I think that's the time period where they deal with a lot, you know, there's a lot going on, you know, a lot of pressure going on. There's a lot of people that have opinions on how they should look, how they should, you know what I'm saying? So I think they would listen to the people closest to them if you're always affirming them about everything. You know what I mean? So I think that's the most, that's the first important step, you know, teaching them self-love, you know, and confidence in themselves, you know? Even if you have a little Robbie, you know what I'm saying, who's <laughs> who's being made fun of, I think I think it's important too, yeah. you know, to make sure that little Robbie, you know, is like, you know what, you call me Kunta Kinte, but you're just jealous because my skin is so you feel me so melanated. You get me? Like I think I think that's very very important. You know, in my opinion, that's the first important step to take. You know, I think it's the parent's job. I think as a parent, you fail. If you can't do that for your kid, if you cannot instill that in them at a young age, I think as a parent, you've already failed right there. Boom. I don't care what nobody says. I think <laughs> you failed in my book. No, for real. Damn, to be bro. honest. I mean, damn, that's kind of harsh. Like, <laughs> No, no, to be honest, right? But isn't that your job as a parent to be able to pass on important stuff to your kid, right? The man's got right. a point. You know, to be able to, to raise a, a well-rounded child. You know what I mean? Like one that's not going to gonna be out here making fun of other people, bullying other people, you know? So if, if your child is out here doing this stuff, you failed as a parent, you've already failed. Like there's nothing you can say that can change that, you know, because kids learn from what they see around them, you know? Mm. Yes, they, yes, they're in school a lot of time, but they're going to spend a lot of time with you. They're going to see what you do. They're going to, and then they're going to try to go spew that outside you know mm-hmm. what i mean kids are just like sponges they just absorb and then they're gonna you know try to put that out squeeze yeah. out everything that you exactly. just told them yeah so i don't know for me that's that's important that's the most important step to take on another level that is a certain government have placed bans on these uh bleaching creams and we have seen it, especially in Africa, because I was reading one article and they were showing that starting 1983, South Africa put ban on most uh, skin bleaching products. 
And in 2015, Ivory Coast had banned uh, whitening steam. In 2016, Ghana joined in to ban some whitening screen. And Rwanda was also the first East African nation to ban bleaching cream. And I remember that the government really had a crackdown on these creams where they went in even small like or corner stores and took all, took away all these creams that are really bad in people's skin. So how about the rest of you guys? Like, what do you guys... So I think, Amy, from what you said, like your statement earlier, I think having... <clears throat> your parents really involved and having them letting like teaching you like, okay, like this is the life that we're going to live in. And this is how you need to handle it. So if your parents can really help you overcome this traumatic experience that will never go away in, in this country or anywhere else. I think that's really important to have that. And also I think it's just really very important to also educate yourself as well, because if you just, you know, if you're just being controlled by what the media is showing you, how social media is doing, what, what you're watching on TV, and you begin to follow that, that's not going to help, you know, of what is really going on. So I think, you know, if you have those resources with your family, and if you really educate yourself, and love who you are, then I think that would definitely make a big change in how society is right now, because it seems like Whatever the media shows, people follow, especially in you know, the black community. I see that so much, and it, it really disappoints me. Like, it, it, it makes us look like we're the weakest link. That's why they always come to you know our community first to do this like stupidness, like oh, go after the you know the the more fair skinned people. They're they're the, they're the, the ones that are more you know appropriate. They they are the ones that are more civilized and stuff like that. So I think. Um, Definitely, it all starts at home. As children, like you, know, you grow up and you watch, you observe. You don't listen to what anybody tells you. you. You you're watching them. You're observing the actions, and then you follow because you think that's okay, and you don't know any better. You're young, so you just follow that. So I think that's I think that's like the best way for us to really fix this. So I think if we work on that, then hopefully a change <laughs> will come. But it's been going on for centuries now, so I don't even know <laughs> what how that change will even happen. Yeah, I just, that's like my closing statement <laughs> for today. <laughs> no, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to keep talking. So I'm like, you know, gravity has to go. <laughs> like, yeah, because you I'm know how, <laughs> you know how Amy gets, Amy's a little salty. He's <laughs> on <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, go ahead, Robbie. <laughs> but uh, it's just like, uh, like I said, you know, it, and just like every single one of you guys said, it starts from home. I like to show or to explain by the example. So I'll take the example on Amy. Um, she was very fortunate to have parents who would explain to her that the way she is is the way, you know, and that she shouldn't listen to anyone you know trying to berate her for the way she looks or she shouldn't and she should not berate anybody else for, for the way they look so that's one thing you absolutely need to teach your kids there's also this little thing that my older brother actually does when his daughter was born i remember him literally going to everything he could to get toys like dolls 
that looked like yes, very very important. Yeah. It looked not just like her because she is mixed. She uh, the dolls that she got looked like all of us. So that's uh, outside of the family and the side of his um uh, of a significant other. Now mm-hmm. he also made sure to get dolls that are made in Africa, not necessarily out of plastic, but you know, like uh, the woven ones. So he got all of it. You know, and she grows up seeing all shades of the spectrum and it's not a problem. So the more she grows up accustomed to it, the less it looks like, you know, like something different. It's just, it's something she's because she's never seen anybody discriminating. She's not going to discriminate either. Anyway, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, yeah. That's a valid point. I did like the the purchase and dolls that that look like you. I think that's I think that's a very, very good move. I'd see a lot of more people doing yeah. that. So well said, Robbie. Yo. I had a <laughs> I had you have a, another question. Amy <laughs> <laughs> has a question. What? Is this a problem? Like <laughs> just said for a who let's you know, let's calm down a little bit. You cannot have, you know? I, I can't be like curious and be a tree. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody said otherwise. I just, people just said, Amy has a question. And I just said, who? Nah, you know what? Yeah, nah, forget the question. That's, oh my that's God. A question. That's, that's a damn question. That's, that's okay. No, nah, it, it wasn't even like a serious question. <laughs> Questions. What's the question? No, nah, it wasn't, it really wasn't even a serious question. Just I, ask it. Just ask the damn question. Oh, wow. Why y'all so staticky? But no, do you guys know which president was a general during World War II? Um, of which I'm country? Roosevelt. What? What do you mean, of which country, though? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Why are we of which country? America? Yeah, yeah. We talk about the States. We talk about the States. Oh, like, did he, okay. did he I don't want to get the answer wrong. I got a 96 in my regions and I don't want to have poor people otherwise. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a stick. I never took you away. Well, nobody cheat. Nobody cheat. Nobody cheat. I just cheat. said Teddy Roosevelt. You said Roosevelt? Okay. Yeah. So, who, somebody else answered. Um, there was, oh, never mind. <laughs> I was going to say, no, I don't want people to laugh at me. I was going to say there was two Roosevelt's, but I know that's not <laughs> No, I, I, <laughs> I was, I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking about something, yeah, but <laughs> so only Robbie's brave enough to answer. That's He's right. It is Franklin D. Roosevelt. Yeah. Who said no? You said Roosevelt. You said Roosevelt. No, I said which president was a general during World War Two? Oh, I don't know what you guys heard. Oh. I, pre- I was just hearing president. Yeah, I heard <laughs> president the, World War Two. The uh, president during World War Two time frame was J. Was if I'm not mistaken, JFK. Uh, no. Are you yes. guys? I don't think you guys even. Right. Never mind no. the question. <laughs> okay. Uh, was it um, I know y'all googling. Come on. <laughs> was it easy? Was it easy? Why are we coming up with these accusations? <laughs> now the only president I remember, the only um general I remember was Patton, but he never became a president, so. Was it Eisenhower? Yes. Oh, my God. And you cheated, bro. No, I didn't. <laughs> that 98 on the Regis don't look too good. <laughs> First off, there was only two possible choices because JFK died before. 
he died before World War II ended, and the president after him was Eisenhower. So it was either a 50-50, either JFK or Eisenhower. It was one of them two. JFK died in 60-something, assassinated. Unless I'm getting my president wrong. Whoever the president was during World War II. Vietnam, Vietnam. It was, he died in World War II, and then Eisenhower came in. So, Emmy, what... Uh, what is the question? Died first. And how does this relate to the topic? No, it didn't relate to the topic at all. I was just thinking about it. <laughs> I I uh, Bob. Okay. I thought I should. Ask. Okay, Emmy. But, but uh, I, guess, I guess, yeah, I guess with that, that being said, though, I think I had enough. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, following us on. Our IG page, that's official underscore next stop Africa. Anybody that's listening on Apple, you already know what to do. Uh, give us some rating. Anything less than five stars, do not give it to us. Leave a good, happy comment so people, more people could be excited about listening to us. Keep sharing. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know how you feel about what you're hearing. What else am I forgetting? Music and song of the day. Yes. Be very careful. (laughs) You said be (laughs) careful. What? (laughs) Be careful about the song of the day? Yes. Why? I I said what I said. Figure it out. No, no, (laughs) no. Nah, you got to figure it out. Even I know what it is, and I'm a little slow sometimes. I do. Yeah, I I, I still still can't put two and two together. I don't know. This this, What's the song of the day, bro? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, song of the day is going to go out to my Congolese brother, Fali Pupa. Oh, featuring yes. Nino, Nicolo. Hey, make sure you tune into the next episode where we're gonna talk about Benny. What are we gonna talk about for the next episode? Gender equality in African and Black communities. Oh, mm. yes. Make sure you tune into the next episode where we're gonna talk about gender inequality or gender equality inequality. Either of them, both of them. They're going to be in the topic. It's okay. (laughs) Cool. So make sure you tune into the next episode where we're going to talk about gender inequality in African households and Black communities. But as always, though, I appreciate Ami and Rob who pulling up. You guys are great guests. Um, So it's great talking to you guys. Definitely, Ami, you should come back. You're very funny. This man is gonna ask us to come back, and when he does song a day, he's always doing the same countries. Mm-hmm. What? I've never done Congo, bro. Congo, this is the first Congo. Yeah. Well, we did say that you do the guest first, and then you do you. Mm-hmm. Do I don't. You, I don't. Right? I, I sure as heck don't remember Cameroon being uh, any Cameroon. You know cool. It sounds like Robbie sounds really hurt. Okay. Right cool. Now. Here's, here's what we'll do. We'll we'll do the song of the day over. You could pick the song of the day right now. Nah, bro. No, no, no. It's cool. Nah, um, yeah. uh, we good. We I'll good. just, I'll just cut that out. Oh, nah, I'm, nah. <laughs> I'm done. You suck today. You oh know. my god, I... Robbie, stop being a baby, bro. Just pick <laughs> be, a song from from just, Cameroon. Just be better for the next time. Nah, I'll pick okay. a song from Cameroon right now. <laughs> nah, do better. Let it... it's okay. Song of the day is Fali Pupa. We gonna nah, do that. Cameroon, Cameroon. What, what does Cameroon have? Wow. Okay, okay, cool. I I'm got done. it. Song of the day is coming from my Central African family, Cameroon. Forgot the name of the artist, but the song is Colin La Petite. Amy, <laughs> <laughs> <Hey, man>. bye. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you don't like Ole Lafayette? Bye. Bro, that's, I ain't talking on. to you. That's not a hit? I ain't talking to you. Uh, bro, I asked you to pick a song. <laughs> you want to pick? Do better. Do research <laughs> next time and come up with a song. Bro, pick a song. Man. Emmy is going to read a book about uh, Cameroonian music. I yeah, promise. Yeah. Uh, no, he could just pick a song though. Or uh, oh, he could just do better. <laughs> so you don't like Olila Petit? <laughs> Be better. You know what? Right, Ami, pick a song from Mali. We'll do that. Is that does that make everybody feel better? Okay. Okay. Cool. Right, so take three. <laughs> song of the day is coming from West Africa, from Mali. Ami, what's the song of the day? Okay, it's very like village, but her name is Mami Jabate. It's on oh, some music. Wait, Siddiqui, wait, Siddiqui Jabate is from Mali? Yes. Oh, that's my guy. That's my yeah. guy. He's in jail, so. <laughs> <laughs> what? He's in jail. You didn't know that? He's, he's in jail? Yeah. For what? Um, um, it hasn't been proven yet for um, physically assaulting his girlfriend. Like, he, he really beat her. Oh, wow. Okay. Change, change the musician then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, you to give a new song? Okay, okay, so I'll, okay, take four. Here's uh-huh. what I'll say. I'll uh-huh. say. All right, just put on Arafat. GJ, GJ Arafat. We all know Arafat. Let's just play. GJ. Is that, okay, so is Arafat good? Yeah. Robbie. Any objection? Okay? Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be Pankaka. <laughs> Nah, we're going to do Jonathan. I like that one better. Oh, no, so old. Oh. So old. Yeah, that's, that's old as hell. Pankaka. <laughs> okay, Robbie, introduce. Okay, so take six. Uh, song of the Day is coming out from my YNs. Robbie, what's the song of the day? It's from the general himself. <laughs> it is from DJ Arafat. Uh-huh. The song is named Pankaka. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Yeah, Robbie's gonna have my job. If you can yeah, have yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> With that being said, yo, <laughs> we're gonna get up out of here. I got bills to pay. Peace. I gotta sleep. <laughs>